Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy. Allow me to pray uh, for the preaching of the word and I'll give you the title and now uh, we can carry on. Praise God. Father, Lord, we just want to commit the preaching of the word into your hands. Right now, Lord, we want to hear from you. So God, I pray that you will help people to hear uh, your voice through my voice. And even as we read, let every scripture, every verse that we will turn to today, Lord, let it not just be something that we read, but let it come alive as we read it. Let it jump out from the pages of the Bibles that we're reading it from and into our hearts. Today, we're not here for entertainment. We're not here for information. We're here for transformation. So God, Help us, Lord, to not just be hearers of your word, but to also be doers of your word. Help us to be transformed into your image more and more. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Uh, my, the topic for today's message is called Holy Ghost Stories. And uh, I was tempted to just call it Ghost Stories, but I reckon that would mess with the religious people in church and I didn't want to stumble people. Uh, But uh, today's message is called Holy Ghost Stories. How many know that the Holy Spirit wants to move in our lives? You know, last week we talked about how God desires to use our church and and for our church to be part of His plan uh, to restore the fear of the Lord in the West. And every time the Word of God mentions the fear of the Lord, uh, it it also is associated with miracles and a powerful yet supernatural move of the Holy Spirit. And every time God moved in a miraculous way, the Bible says, and the fear of God, you know, entered the village. The fear of God, you know, know, came upon the people. But it's a good type of fear of God. It just means to, to give honor and to give respect and to give reverence to God's name again. Instead of having it being trampled like a curse word or, or like a word that people many times in this nation uh, utter out of frustration, we will see honor and love and worship return to the name of Jesus. Amen. And how many know that God has put the Holy Spirit in us? You know, sometimes we, as Christians, we got to remind ourselves this, that what we have in us is so precious. In the Old Testament, it was very common that when God's presence, when God's Holy Spirit descended on a mountain, you know, people couldn't come near. And, 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 and God had to give instructions to the prophets in the Old Testament, I'm going to come and I'm going to come in a powerful way and I want to still meet my people, but they cannot come too near uh, to Mount Zion. They cannot come too near to the tent of meeting. They cannot come too near to the tabernacle, uh, you know, because my glory is too strong. But how many know that Jesus, because of Jesus, God came near? Because of Jesus and the finished work on the cross, not only did Jesus come near, but we have the Holy Spirit living in us. And, 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 and the power that is in us was at one time, uh, you no. Know, Needed, there needed to be a space that was created uh, be, between people and the power of God. But because of Jesus, there doesn't need to be space anymore. In fact, the only space needed is for us to create more space for God so that He can dwell in us in a more tangible and powerful way. And so I want to help us as a church to deepen our walk with the Holy Spirit. I want us to be conduits of the Holy Spirit. I believe that miracles is not just for the Old Testament. I believe that the days of miracles are still alive today. And God wants to use 
us as His vessels to be His conduits to connect the supernatural to the natural through our lives. God wants to use us as healers. God wants to use us to be a blessing. God wants to use us uh, to do signs and wonders in His name so that people again can taste and see and know that the Lord is good. And so I thought it would be fun to start the time today before I give you some points uh, to share some Holy Ghost stories, some testimonies of how the Holy Spirit is real and how the Holy Spirit is moving. And, uh, and, and you know, in Acts, we always endeavor to live out every message that we preach. And so I, I don't just want to share uh, just some, ooh, some Holy Ghost stories that happened at so-and-so place, but I want to share as much as possible uh, my own experience with the Holy Spirit. You know, if you were here last week, you probably heard the Pisa story. And uh, if you weren't here last week, it's okay. Go to Spotify and search for Acts Church UK and you can find uh, the message called Standard Issue and you can hear the testimony there. Or if you're not a Spotify user, you can also go to the podcast app if you're an iOS user and we have been successfully listed on iTunes or the podcast app and uh, you can also search Acts Church UK and you can find our uh, full catalog there. And uh, so praise God for that. Wonderful. You know, but I want to share with you guys uh, Another Holy Ghost story, and, and, and this happened, just like how the Pisa story happened last week uh, around my university time, uh, this story happened also around university time, but, but, but it didn't happen to me, it happened to a very good friend of mine, and uh, we were both leaving that prayer meeting, and uh, we were both heading back home, we were both hungry to be used by God, and, but what we didn't know was that God would also use us both separately but individually and, and but equally powerful. And so uh, when, when I experienced the whole Pisa testimony, uh, I came back and told my church friends about it. And, and this guy, my friend Tony, uh, was there and go like, you can't believe it. But that, that, after that meeting, something supernatural happened to me as well. So we left the prayer meeting hungering to be used by God. And so he was walking home and says, God, I would love to be used by you. And so as he was walking home, he, 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 needed, uh, he, he knew that where he was staying uh, in that city, uh, there was a shortcut that he could use. Uh, this shortcut would half the time of his journey, uh, but the shortcut would bring him through this dodgy lane. And every city has a dodgy lane uh, that's not really well littered. Uh, and in this dodgy lane of this city that we were both studying at, uh, at night, there will be people doing business there, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, in other words, there'll be, you know, uh, uh, there'll be prostitutes there uh, trying to get their clients. And so, you know, he, he was thinking of going through that shortcut, but at the same time, he's thinking maybe not because sometimes it can be quite creepy and quite scary. Uh, but he suddenly felt a nudge from the Holy Spirit. You know, what do we mean by Holy Ghost stories? It just means that every time the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost nudges us to be obedient and to do something for His glory. And so he was thinking, oh, I don't know which route should I take back home? And so he felt a nudging from the Holy Spirit. I want you to take the shortcut. And not only do I want you to take the shortcut, I want you to minister to one of the ladies that will be working tonight. How many know that that's a scary feat? You know, when I heard that story, I was like, wow. I thank God that God only asked me to buy two large pizzas. You know, my, my friend probably had more faith for God to give him that big challenge. And, and, and then he was, of course, nervous. And he started to doubt. Oh, God, is, is that you? How many know that it's okay to doubt? Ooh, I know that sounds controversial. Oh, they, oh, I, thought, I thought as Christians were not allowed. No, it's okay to doubt. But it's also important to bring our doubts to God. 
Many times we doubt and we run away from God with our doubts. But, you know, what we can do is go, no, God, I've got questions. God, is it really you? Uh, but instead of deliberating it with our own strength, we should bring it to God. One of the uh, famous apostles uh, that was... I know, unfairly so, but he was known to be the one person who doubted Jesus and uh, whether he actually rose from the grave and his name was Thomas. Uh, But how many know that he didn't just doubt, but he brought his doubts to Jesus? And he said that, well, you know, I'm not sure about whether this Jesus rose from the grave. If I can put my finger through the, 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 the scars of his hands, well, talk about asking for proof, man. I know I would have just been happy to see, but he wanted to put it through. And, and, and Jesus appeared and go like, Thomas, really? You want to? Uh, but how many are glad that he didn't just run away, but he brought his doubts to God. And when Jesus, when he, when Jesus confronted his doubts, he fell to the ground and worshipped and says, you are Lord, my Lord. And, and so my friend go like, oh, really? Is that you? No, I want to be used by God. I want to be used by the Holy Spirit. But this sounds like something quite creepy. I don't want to accidentally be doing something I'm not supposed to do. And so he asked God, God, if it's really you. And because it was around this time, uh, you know, in 2003, and, uh, you know, UK weather, it was rainy, it was cold, and he's thinking that, oh, it's so rainy and cold. God, if it's you, if it's really you asking me to do this, I pray that the rain would stop. And as he said that, the rain stopped. And that's where he go like, oh God, okay, I think, I think you mean business. And so he went to that lane. And uh, true enough, there was a lady. Because sometimes when you speak to a lady, usually there's a few, but there was only one lady there that night. And so he knew, God, it must be this person. You know? And uh, being innocent, you know, the, 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 the prostitutes usually would ask, you know, so are you here for business? And so he misunderstood and thought that, oh no, uh, did you come to Sheffield to study business course? But he said, no, I came here to do engineering. <laughs> um, but then he realized, oh, no, no, okay, well, no, that's not what you meant. Uh, uh, no, 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 I'm not here for business. And as he said that, God gave him the words to say. God says, I want you to tell this lady that I love her. And I want you to tell her that she doesn't need to do what she's doing. And I want you to tell her that her daughter is safe and sound and with Jesus. And, and so my friend was just like, well, God, if you let me this far, I'll just be your mouthpiece. So, hey, um, miss, I'm not here for business. I just want you to know that God loves you. I want you to know that you don't have to keep doing this. And I want you to know that your daughter is safe and sound and Jesus is looking after her. And this lady just started tearing. This lady started breaking down. This lady started going like, how, how who... How did you know my daughter recently passed away? How did you... And, and, and without knowing the full story, the Holy Spirit was able to fill in the blanks that this lady probably must have really loved the daughter. Um, and, and the daughter might have even been one of the reasons why she had to do what she do. And, and it must have been really tragic for her to lose her daughter. And sometimes when you lose someone, you know, a, a, when a mother loses a child, it's one of the most nightmarish things a parent can go through. And, and she must have gone through so much trauma and go through so much doubt and had so much questions and to suddenly have so much reassurance enter her. And out of tears, tears just started flowing and, and out of that tears, I, I believe, came a heart of repentance because she just started bolting and running the other way. And true enough, she didn't stay on and to continue to look for more business. She just ran, you know, back to, I don't know, I hope to a better life. But my friend just came back going, and man, God asked me to do that and I did that and wow, I mean, I, I, wow. How many know that God wants to create Holy Ghost stories? 
You know, not to give us ghost stories, but holy ghost stories. You know, sometimes <laughs> I can't help it. You know, if you have enough conversations with me, I'll keep telling you about well, God did this and God did that. In fact, we, not, not too long ago, we had a barbecue over the summer and uh, someone invited their friends and of course, you know, God bless the person, doesn't know Jesus and sometimes as the sun goes down and uh, the, the barbecue pit fire warms up the crowd, you know, he started going like, hey, let's all tell ghost stories. And because I overheard it, I couldn't help myself. I went there and changed the conversation from ghost stories to holy ghost stories. And so he started going like, and then I was at this hotel in the middle of the night. I heard a girl laugh. Hee, hee, hee. And, I, and then when I heard that, I go like, oh, something like that happened to me before as well. But then I cast it out in the name of Jesus. You know, I just had to. Amen. Turn it into a holy ghost story. You know, and, 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 and that's one story. I just want to encourage you that, hey, God is moving. And God is in the business of using ordinary people. And though my friend and I, we were just students hungry for God. How I many know that God responds to our hunger? Amen. Don't even say God. Just say, just you and me. If, if, if you know, I know Rora is a great chef. And, and she cooks amazing roasts. You know, whether it's roast lamb or roast chicken, just anything that could be roasted. Rora can cook it and it's delicious. So can you imagine if... Rora invites you over to her place uh, for roast dinner, for roast lunch. And, and she's carving you some, some beautiful roast lamb. And she's, she's, she's adding in all the extra roast potatoes. And she's pouring down the gravy. She's giving you some Yorkshire pudding. And, 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 and then, you know, and, and all you do, you know, and, and can you imagine if she invites two guests? And guest number one goes there takes her finger out, just dabs the gravy, tastes it and go like, oh, okay. Takes a little teaspoon, touches the mashed potato and go like, interesting. You know, and, and, and tears off a little piece of that delicious roast lamb and eats it and go like, okay. Robo will still be a very nice person because she's a Christian and she'll be like, oh, okay, cool. But if the second person, I don't know who that is, you know, let's give the person an example. Maybe, maybe the person's name is Sean. And then the person is there. And even before Grace has been finished praying, you know, even before we finish praying for Grace, you know, half the lamb's gone. And, and, and he's, he's, he's finishing everything, you know, and then he's, 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 he's licking the plate. Do you know that Rora would gladly respond to the guests that had more hunger? And, 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 and do you know that Rora won't even offer seconds to the first guest because the first guest hasn't even touched what was given. But then the second guest will go like, hey, I've actually just cooked enough for everyone but, but I might not have enough but because you're so hungry, I think there's some extra, you know, sautéed onions that were roasted together with the lamb. I wasn't thinking of serving them but, 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 it, it, but if you look like you're hungry enough that you could have it you know, like, like you know, it's, it's going to be really nice because it's, you know, I know you don't eat vegetables, but, but I tell you, brother, this, this will change your life because these are not just any vegetables. These are onions that have been cooked in lamb fat. Oh, they, they're delicious. It, it will melt in your mouth. It's like butter. And, and let me just give you some toast. I think I can whip something up. If I pour some cream, I can make it into a very nice, creamy French onion. So, you know, Roba would do that. Do you know that that's only human? What about God? God responds to our hunger. 
when we show hunger for His things. And so, you know, I want us to get hungry so that the Holy Spirit can move in our lives and through our lives. You know, another a story, another Holy Ghost story that was recently told back to me. Uh, I, I remember this, but I also have forgotten it. Uh, but it was told back to me uh, by Lazarus. And some of you might know him. And Lazarus was once a student studying in London. In fact, he was the one who pioneered this church when he was still a student. And today, because he's so hungry for God, how do you know that when you're hungry for God, God just adds more to you? Uh, today, he's doing his PhD uh, in a Pretorius University in South Africa. But at the same time, he is also the pastor for our church in Botswana. And Every weekend, he would drive four hours up the border from South Africa to Botswana and to spend time with them for a weekend, preach, and then he would drive back. And, 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 and recently, while I was in Botswana ministering there, I know Lazarus was introducing me to the congregation and go like, church, I, you know, you better get ready for the, the guy that's coming up to preach because this guy, you know, he will challenge you and every challenge will change your life. And he shared how I once challenged him. And this is a true story. I know at one time, I was invited to a university to give a talk. And it wasn't a spiritual talk. It was a talk about helping students, uh, uh, you know, heal in their relationship with their parents. You know, the university, wanted to create some, you know, value-adding uh, talks and they were looking for people uh, to come and, 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 and be able to conduct that. So uh, even though they knew I was a pastor, but they know that the church is in the business of reconciling people, so invited me to give that talk. And so uh, I believe I was a blessing. A lot of people were blessed. And, 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 and one of the lecturers remembered, oh, I'm a, I'm a Christian, I'm a pastor. And so one week after that talk, um, there was an incident in the university. One of the students... Uh, was demon-possessed. And, and you know it's serious when a circular university calls the church for help. You know, because it, it, when they see stuff like that, you know, what, what was happening to the student was he started getting really violent and he started drinking alcohol non-stop and, and they were afraid that he, if he didn't stop drinking, he would give himself alcohol poisoning. His eyes were turning red, his face was turning red and every security personnel who tried to hold him down were, were thrown aside and, 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 and punched to the side. And this, so they knew there was something supernatural, something creepy happening. And so this lecturer suddenly remembered, oh, oh, we invited the pastor to come and speak. And so told Lazarus, who was studying in that university, hey, could you call your pastor and ask him to come and, and, and exercise this, this, this and, and get rid of this thing? And of course, Lazarus said, oh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. So he called me, and I was in the church office, and Lazarus got pastor, there's this incident, you know, there's this guy going crazy, we need you here. And at that time, I was, I was ready to go. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. You know, I was thinking, wow, maybe through this, the whole university can be safe. And just as I was about to grab my car keys and drive down, because this was a university at the other side of town, it would take me at least an hour to get there. The Holy Spirit prompted my heart to go there. Do you know that it's not about you? I go there, yeah, it's not about me. It's about the name of Jesus. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, I want you to challenge Lazarus to cast the demon out. So I... And just, I called him back. I go like, brother, I'd love to go down. Please understand, I'm, I'm, I'm not afraid. You know, because I didn't want people to go like, oh, this pastor, you know, he's afraid. You know, <laughs> he's sending the, 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 the young ones out to, to... Anyway, so I said that, brother, I, I'm ready to support you. But I just felt God say that you should do it. How many of you would love to have that kind of phone call from me? Right? Yeah? Some of you, <laughs> some of you would rather just go like, you know, you, you get, some of you get nervous when you get my, my phone call. <gasps> Where is he? 
Or maybe when, when you get a phone call from a pastor, you know, maybe you're hoping for another type of conversation, you know, hoping me to say that, you know, brother, you know, sister, I, I've been praying for you and God led me to give you a love gift. Can I have your bank account? Can I have your sort code? I just felt led to give you an additional 200 pounds. You know, some of you would love to have that. You know, instead, you know, hey, brother, God wants you to cast, it, cast that demon out. And so he was so nervous. Pastor, are you sure? I said, yeah. I think God wants to create a Holy Ghost story in your life through this incident. And so he had no choice because the lecturer was asking him, how, how, is your pastor coming? Is your pastor coming? So he'd go like, uh, my, 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 my pastor says that I can do it. <laughs> so he went and I, and, and I told him, if you're nervous, do it alone. The Bible says go out two by two, so find another Christian brother and do it. So he went to another Christian brother who also goes to our church and go like, pastor just called me to settle this issue, you got to come with me. And along the way, they were debating, you know, who should do it. You know, they should say, no, 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 you cast it out. I hold him down. And Lazarus was saying that, no, I'm the biggest size one, so I hold him down and you cast him out. And so long story short, they decided that, you know, they, they, God will lead them how to do it. And so this person who was demon-possessed was just causing havoc. And, and they, were, they were thinking, how, how should I get there? This guy was violent. But they realized supernaturally as they walked in obedience, as they walked, you know, being instructed by the Holy Spirit, they walked nearer to this brother who was demon-possessed and he started running. This guy who was punching security guards, this guy who was drinking and smashing glass bottles, this guy who was causing havoc in the university was silly running away from them. And they go like, what is happening? And, and, and so the more they approached his brother, the, more, the further he ran away. So they, they split up. Now with boldness, they are able to split up. And so they cornered. One guy ran this direction, the other guy ran the other direction. And so the demon-possessed guy had nowhere to run. And so they caught him in the middle. And long story short, they were thinking, you know, the other brother was going to Lazarus like, you do it, you do it, you do it. And so Lazarus just, by faith, in the name of Jesus, get out of this person. And, and he said it. And as he said it, this person just fell fainted to his back and dropped his bottle and, 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 and they, they went to him. They woke him up. Are you okay? And he, all senses returned to normal. And then now suddenly the other brother who was afraid, now suddenly goes like, brother, you, you need Jesus in your life. <laughs> you know, sometimes when, <laughs> when the battle is gone, the guy comes in to, to uh, I need to, no, come on, you need to accept Christ. And so they told his brother, come on, you know, you, the reason why you don't have this is, 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 is because you don't have Jesus in your life and you need Jesus in your life. And so they led this brother to Christ. And so a, 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 a campus student now has a Holy Ghost story in him. Not just a God bless me story, but God use me story. I want to see that created in our church. We have a lot of God bless me story. But how many of us come to church and pray, God use me. God use me as your vessel. God use me as your conduit. God use me to, to heal people. God use me to deliver people. We need to start praying that kind of prayers. Amen? And so, you know, that, that, that happened again. And so recently he reminded me, I go like, oh yeah, that did happen. You know, and, and I still, you know, I've got a lot. And, and, and at the getaway, We'll have a lot of time to, to sit down and we get to chit-chat and get to share more with you guys or, or if you're not going for the getaway, it's okay. You know, maybe other times we can catch up for coffee and we can talk more about the things of God. Uh, but just 
I just want to share with you one more Holy Ghost story. Is that okay? And, um, and this is something that, uh, uh, you know, we, God is leading our church to do. And uh, I just felt led this morning that instead of just talking about my own life, I wanted to share with you other testimonies. So uh, I have a testimony here written. And this happened some years ago. Uh, but this was a testimony shared uh, by one of the girls in our church. Her, and uh, she was 17 years old when she shared this testimony. She was 17 years old when she had this Holy Ghost story. Her name is Beatrice, and, she's, and the title of the testimony is this, A Minor Stroke, Major God. Wow. So it, it goes like this. This happened two weeks ago during one of my toughest times. How many know that sometimes we want to serve God, we want to use by God, but God doesn't wait for our timetable to clear? And, and we, should, we should be ready. We should, we should find it a privilege that God will even use us. And many times, we, we, God wants to use us, and then we say, God, can you reschedule? But this girl, it happened during his toughest times. But sometimes, out of your toughest times, God will produce the most powerful testimonies. So this happened two weeks ago, during one of my toughest times. I was busy and just all over the place. Basically, I didn't think that at that time, I was even ready or equipped at all for God's work. That's how we feel a lot of times, don't we? Just then, I heard again about my classmate who was going through depression. She had recently been interested in God after experiencing Him. But things seemed to dwindle down after another friend's influence. I got to know that he accidentally bit his tongue. Ouch. And his nervous system suffered. Wow. He had a minor stroke which caused him to temporarily lose his facial expression on the left side of his face. Wow. While I was going through my own problems that day, I thought, why waddle in my own problems when I can channel the energy to somewhere better? Praise God. Besides, I have been praying for something greater to happen so that God can reveal Himself to my friend once again. So I started a friendly conversation, which turned into a prayer. Before that, my friend told me that his doctor say that he'll take at least a month to recover from this minor stroke. I took a glance at him and all of a sudden, I had the confidence from the Holy Spirit and blurted, in 15 days, you will be healed. I was just as shocked as he was to hear something as insane as that coming from my mouth. I'm not a doctor by profession, yet I'm telling him that it is possible for God to heal him. The funny thing was, after I finished praying, he told me, Patrice, today is the seventh day of my minor stroke. And that gave me only another seven days for God to work. So I told God, hey. How many know that you can tell God, hey? <laughs> hey, I don't know about this. You're the one who gave me the confidence to say it. So you take care of it. So this young 17-year-old girl started a countdown. And true enough, right on the seventh day, because seven times seven is you know, 15 days in total, my friend was healed. Praise God. And I can really see that God was reaching out to my friend as he started attending more church and prayer meetings after that, this time on his own initiative. And typical teenager way, I guess God did it again. And His faithfulness blew me away. So here's the encouragement. The testimony ends. When I took the initiative to pray, I didn't think that God could use me. 
looking at my condition. Yet sometimes it's really not about how much you have to offer, but how much are you willing to offer up to God. And with the little you have, you can make miracles happen too. Wow. Praise God. Let's give God praise. Amen. Praise God. This is one of the many testimonies and, and as a church, we, we, we compile it you know, in, in, in booklets like this. So I was just reading one of many. And in short, you know, I want to I, I go and give you three points on how you can have Holy Ghost stories generated in your life. Because we're not here just to sit around church, you know, in, in this holy campfire and, and hear, ooh, tell us more about your past, pastor. Ooh, what crazy adventures you're up to. No, I, I want to hear from you. And I pray that in the coming days, the coming weeks, in the coming months, God will create more testimonies, more Holy Ghost stories, like, like from Lazarus' life, from my life, or even from my friend's life, or even from Beatrice's life, in your life, so that, you know, the world can taste and see and know that God's name is to be feared. God's name is to be revered. Amen? So I'm going to give you three points. Amen? And the first point is this. If you're taking down notes, the first point is this. Work on your witness. Before we can be conduits for God's supernatural power, we've got to become credible witnesses for Him. How many know that when you live a messed up life, you're in no position to pray for your friends? Because they will look at you and go like, you're so messed up. And you say, I need God, you need God more than me. So the first step in allowing God to start moving in our lives is to work on our witnessing. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, God says this, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. Many times you want to be channeling God's power, but God is interested first and foremost for us to be His witnesses, to be credible, uh, to testify that He is good. And so God is saying, I want to use you, but you've got to have credibility first. Otherwise, when you lay hands to pray, people, people don't even want you to touch them. You know what I'm saying? You know, for example, you know, if, if you have lack in your life, uh, you're in no position to, to pray for abundance in another person's life. Um, but so God wants us to receive power to become His witnesses. And there's a working of witnesses here because it says here that you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So there was a progression. So God is saying, I want you to start in Jerusalem. Then I want your testimony to be effective in Judea. Then I want it to grow so that it can be effective in Samaria. Then I want it to grow so that you can impact the rest of the world. What is your Jerusalem? Maybe for you, your Jerusalem is church. And church is a great place for us. We got to, God, help me to be consistent. Help me to be consistent first among God's people so that I can be a good testimony with people who need you. And then move on to your Judea. Maybe your Jerusalem are the people who know you best. And then your Judea are people who know you. And then your Samaria are your acquaintances. And then to the ends of the earth could be strangers you meet on the street. You know, recently, Pastor Kat, who uh, God has blessed with a job, started sharing with me a lot of uh, her colleague stories. And so she's telling me that, uh, oh, man, there's this colleague in her workplace uh, who always goes to her and shares problems. And always goes to her and go like, no, I'm going through this, you know, I'm doing this. Da, 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 da. And, and I always encourage Pastor Cassie, 
pray for her. Pray for her. And then typical, no, not typical Pastor Cat, but a lot of us will go like, yeah, 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 I know, but let me finish telling the story first, you know. Before she could finish, she got to pray for her. Uh, uh, and, and, and so saying that, yeah, this person, so recently, this colleague went up to her and go like, you know, I've been having stomach ache. And, 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 and you know, I, I don't know what's wrong. And out of her mouth, instead of just saying that, oh, it could be this, could be that, I said, she just blurted out, I, I think it could be cysts. And so Pastor Cat go like, no, don't say that about yourself. You're just having a stomach. Why, why are you declaring, you know, crazy things like cysts growing in your body? But I just want to encourage Pastor Cat. Go, do you know why? No, because sometimes we can be in... It's never a good time. God never waits for us to have a good day before He moves. And so sometimes the people that God will bring around us that need Him can get on our skin. And so I told Pastor Cat, I said that, but do you know the reason why she's coming to you is because you've been a consistent witness at the workplace. You know, because if Pastor Cat was slacking, this lady wouldn't go for her. Because you don't go to people with problems to solve your problems. You go to people who look like they are more put together than you and you want them to help heal your problems and to solve your problems. So I told Pastor Cat, oh, the reason why is because you've been a good witness. You've been consistent at work. In fact, she's been so such a good testimony at work. Uh, that's another name, another definition for witness, to be a good testimony. I know that uh, she recently got a, 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 a little reward from her boss, a £100 cash voucher uh, that uh, was given to her uh, for recognition for outstanding work and for people in the firm who go beyond the extra mile. And, and so the bosses say, hey, I just want to give this to you. This is something we give to everyone in our firm that we believe has gone the extra mile for, uh, for work and for assignments. So, so here you go. And so, so, you know, when you become a good witness, you attract a crowd. And, and then you, what you need to do for us, maybe, for some of us here, you're a good witness. Great. I have got point number two and point number three for you. But if some of us here, you've got to work on your witnessing. You've got to learn and establish some consistency in your life. And maybe you've got to start someplace. I don't know where your Jerusalem is, but there is a place for you to start and then move on to your next level. Maybe your Jerusalem is church. Then come on, grow. Come consistently. You know, make church a priority and then start growing your faith in church so that you've got enough to share to the people outside who are desperately in need of God. Point number two is this. You've got to develop your deposit. You've got to develop your deposit. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 3 to 11, Paul tells us that all of us, we don't just have salvation in us, but we have the Holy Spirit deposited in us. And that's a powerful revelation. Because sometimes we can forget that, that you know, we sing it many times. You know, the same power that conquered the grave lives in me, lives in me, but it, He does. The Holy Spirit does. And the Word of God in 1 Corinthians, uh, you know, chapter 12, verse 3 to 11 says this. And this is Paul trying to encourage the church. We're going to go into a little bit of teaching here, if that's okay. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. What was Paul trying to address here? He's trying to address this timeless feeling that all Christians go through, am I really filled by the Holy Spirit? And sometimes we can go like, I, I feel so normal. Am I filled by the Holy Spirit? I don't speak in tongues. Am I filled by the Holy Spirit? You know, I just got saved. I'm not, am I filled by the Holy Spirit? And, and what Paul is saying that, look, you are filled if you're able to say that Jesus is Lord. And it's not 
reading it from a piece of card, actually saying it and believing it. Because it's, it's, by, it, it's something, it's a surrender that your flesh cannot accomplish. And it's something that the Holy Spirit enables us to confess that Jesus is Lord. And with that same Spirit, you're not able to curse God. It also, it, I'm not saying that reading out the word Jesus is a curse, but to actually like, you know, ridicule and say that ah, God's not real. No, if you have the Holy Spirit living in you, it's impossible. So what was Paul trying to tell us? You are filled. You have a deposit. Turn to your neighbor and says, you have a deposit. You have a deposit. And that deposit is the Holy Spirit. And this is what the deposit can do. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. We have the same Spirit, and out of that Spirit comes different gifts. A gift to heal, like Beatrice. A gift to deliver, like Lazarus. A gift to evangelize, like my friend Tony. You know, and, and, and a gift to, I don't know, heal or, or, or bless. God says this, by the same Spirit that has been deposited in you, it's not just there for your entertainment. It's not just there for your reassurance. It's there so that gifts can pour out of you. So that ministries can be birthed through you from the same Spirit. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. We're going to stop there for a while. For the profit of all. Sometimes, you know, I still remember when I was a young believer, I used to get very freaked out when they say that, oh, next week there's a prophet visiting. And then we would joke among ourselves, better repent, guys, better repent. Because when a prophet speaks, he's going to call you out, brother, at the back row, you have sin in your life. You know, <laughs> and we will be terrified. But that's not how the Spirit of God works because it is for the profit of all, not for the fear of all. It's not for the condemnation of all. It's for the profit of all. And so God wants to use us for the profit of what? Some? No. For the profit of our church friends? No. For the profit of all. For all your friends, for all your acquaintances, God has all in store for you. And so, therefore, uh, let's, let's, let's go on to the next one. Next verse, Enzo. But one and the same Spirit works all things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. So the word of so so the spirit is is moving and and is is using us. But what we need to do is develop it. And what does developing means? Developing for some of us could mean desire it. Do you know that God responds, like I mentioned earlier, God responds to hunger, God responds to desire. What, what, what changed in my life? I just desire to be used by God. A lot of us here, we come to church with no desire. But God is saying that, do you know that you got gifts in you? And do you know that I can use you and I want to use you? Could you start by desiring? Could you start by practicing? Every time in church, church is a great place to practice. And so those of you who serve as a chairperson, don't just come and read a script. Be used by God. Develop that deposit. Maybe sometimes you can release a word that will bless someone. You know, because there will be... Uh, can we flash up the scripture again, Enzo? Um, to, yeah. For one is given the word of wisdom. Because maybe some of you here, you've you got to release a word of wisdom. You know, to, to another word of knowledge. Word of knowledge. Have you... Have you had a conversation either with the pastors or your leaders and you feel like even though you didn't share what you're going through, everything they're talking about seems to nail what you're going through. That's word of knowledge. 
to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, amen, healing, to another working of miracles, praise God, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. God is saying that, look, these are so many things I want to do in your life and through your life. Would you develop it? Because each of you have a different gifting. And, and, and some of us here, we need to start practicing. Maybe God has put within you uh, the gift of the word of knowledge and the word of discernment. And you need to practice it during prayer time. So when we go like, hey, turn to your neighbor to pray, don't just pray, pray. Don't just say, no, I'm good, nothing to pray for. Come on, pray. Come on, don't just, don't just turn and have no expectation. But as you turn, you know, desire in your heart, God, as I pray for this brother's problem, help me to declare. Help me to also prophesy. Help me to also, like our sister's testimony, in seven days, you shall be healed. God, this is, this is church. You know, my brother loves me too much to condemn me. So even if he's not healed, he will still keep praying. So this is great practice ground. But whatever you do, do something. Don't just let your deposit sit there, but develop it. Amen? You know, practice it. You know, be motivated by the scripture that says, God gives us gifts for the profit of all. You know, right, right this morning, you know, Michelle came up to me and just go, oh, Pastor Dave, I just want to release a word of encouragement for you. That's great. You know, that's what we can do in church. You know, that's a great practice ground. Do you know that you, you, you don't need, uh, you know, signs and wonders to tell you to encourage your brother? You don't need to go like, I just saw double rainbows pointing to Burger King. I think God wants me to encourage King today. Do you know you, you don't need double rainbows to tell you to encourage your brother? Do you know that God can just use you like that? But you got to desire it. Say, God, cleanse my tongue. God, help me to have conversations today. Help me to bless my, as I bless, help me to not just say, God bless you, but help me to declare. Help me to practice. Help me to develop my gifting. Because out of it, it, it can be prophecy that we birth. Out of it, there could be word of knowledge that can be birthed. Out of it, there can be healing that's birthed. You know, do you know the, the shift that happened in my life? The first time I prayed for someone and, and declared the person to be healed, I had this shift. You know, before that, I was always a little bit nervous. Oh God, can I pray for that person? God, what's your will? Should I pray for healing? But if your will is not for the person to be healed in this way, am I praying against your will? Do you know sometimes we complicate God's will? God just wants to heal, full stop. God says by His stripes, we are healed, full stop. God doesn't go like, you know, uh, no, I move in mysterious... No, no, His ways are higher than always, but he, His desire is for all to profit. And so I was talking to a friend and my friend's father had a heart condition, kidney condition and high blood pressure and, and, and diabetes and so he needed an operation but he was in such a messed up state that the doctors couldn't know whether to operate on him or not because it might hurt him or not even sure whether it will hurt him or help him. And so we were praying in church and, and we were just praying, God, and then suddenly there was a shift and God says that, do you know that I desire for all to be healed? So don't be afraid to declare my healing. But God, you didn't tell, don't be afraid to declare my healing. So I went to this friend of mine and go like, God loves your father and God wants to see your father well. And your father will be well. And long story short, the father in the end didn't have to go for an operation. When the doctors were giving him one last checkup, they realized that, wait a second, your heart has healed. You don't need a heart operation anymore. Do you know that God can and 
is still moving, but is looking for messengers that will develop the Holy Spirit that's been deposited in us so that out of it will flow miracles, out of it will flow the supernatural. Point number three is this. You got a desire to be discipled. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 to 20. Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20. Last week, we talked about how if you want God's power, you, you, you should also embrace His standard. And so the Word of God says this, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So you notice here, Jesus spoke to the disciples, asking them to make disciples, so that the disciples can keep making disciples, so the disciples can go out and as they make disciples, they baptize people and they are also performing miracles according to the authority that has been given. Many times you want God's power, but let me tell you this, God is not Oprah Winfrey. God doesn't go like, you get a healing, you get a healing, everybody gets to heal. No, 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 you, you, you got to be a disciple because it was the disciples that healed. You read the book of Acts, who healed? It wasn't just random healings that took place. It was Peter who healed. It was Peter, a disciple first, who stood up to preach and then healing happened. Peter and John, disciples. Disciples, disciples. Every time you track healing, every time you track evangelism, it was linked to a disciple of Christ. And so what is God saying to us? Desire to be disciples. He wants to use us, but you've got to be a disciple first. A disciple is more than a follower. A follower of Jesus, oh, I follow Jesus. I believe in what he says. A disciple is someone who wants to grow in his knowledge. Another word for disciple is student. The root word for disciple is discipline. And discipline means knowledge. That's why in some universities you go like, oh, I'm studying you know, this discipline and that discipline. You're, you're not actually studying ways to punish someone. You're studying knowledge. The discipline of this course, the discipline of course. And so someone who desires to be a disciple of Jesus Christ is someone who hungers God. I want to grow in my knowledge of you. I want to be a student of you. What does a student do? A student learns. A student models after. So you're not just saying, Jesus, I want blessing. No, you're saying that, Jesus, I want to become like you. God, I, if you can heal, I want to heal. If you can pray for the sick, I want to pray for the sick. A lot of us, we just want Jesus to pray for us, but we don't want to pray for other people. You're not a disciple. You're just a consumer. And God is not interested in consumers. God wants us to make disciples. It is the disciples that receive authority. It is the disciples that will be sent out. And I pray that we will desire to be discipled. Another word for disciple also means correction. Because discipline also means correction. And someone who is disciple is not just someone who, you know, grows in knowledge, but it's also someone who is willing to account their lives. And willing to say that, hey, if I got it wrong, please correct me. You know, and that's what we want to create in church. You know, it, 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 it's, it's, it's funny to say that, hey, I, I want you guys to be my disciples, but, but I want you to understand the spirit of discipleship. You know, church is a place where we come and we learn from each other. We come and, 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 and this is how you grow in your gift. Always check back with your leaders. Always learn from other people. And because and, and, and God functions like that. It's, a, it's an army, there's a hierarchy. And so every time God touches your heart, do you, do you know that's what we do? I still remember when, when God touched my heart to tell Lazarus to do what he did. The first thing I did was 
I check with my pastor, Pastor Kenneth, and I go like, Pastor, I just felt, you know, that instead of me going, which I'm more than happy to go, I felt like God wants to use these two boys to do it. I hope that's, you, you feel it, right? You feel it, right? And then your leaders who are godly will go like, yeah, I feel it too. Accountability is not restrictive. Accountability gives you confirmation. And confirmation builds your confidence. And so Pastor Ken said, yeah, I feel it too. So I go, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I knew, I just wanted to check with you. Otherwise, I'll be sending these two boys to do some really messed up stuff. So how do we go in that gift? What happens when, when God nudges your heart to do something? You know, check back with God. Check back with your leaders. You know, go like, hey, you know, I, I, yesterday someone, you know, I, I shared this message, someone in Bristol came up to me and go like, go like, Pastor, can you share with me a little bit more about what the gift of healing is like? Can you share a little bit more of what the gift of prophecy is like? And, 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 then, and then at the end of the conversation, the person said, I think I have the gift of healing and prophecy. I'll be like, wow, brother, praise God. But could you start? Can I give you an exercise? Could you account? You know, before you pray for someone healed, could you account back? You know, before you release a word, could you check with me first? And the person said, yeah. And, 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 and I know that with that desire to be discipled, the desire to be accountable, that person's gifting will only grow. A lot of us, you know, we, we were so happy to have a gifting from God and we think, this is mine to dispense. No, no, no. It's yours to use for God's glory. And, and God, this is, if you read the Bible, the first time Jesus sent the disciples out, they went out, they cast out demons, they preached, they healed, and they came back and they accounted to Jesus and go like, Jesus, this is what we did. Even the demons were afraid of us. And then Jesus says, there are greater things you shall do. Their power increased, their confidence increased, not with a lack of accountability, but with more accountability, with more checking back, with more discipline in their lives. You know, we, we want to do that in church. Church is a place where I would, you know, we always say this, hey, we're free to talk. And, and, and after church, come and talk to us. Do you know that I would love to talk to you more about how we can grow your spiritual giftings? That's the conversation I want to have with you, not the conversation about the weather. But if you don't grow, that's all I can talk to you about. Hey, brother, how are you? I'm good. How's your week? It's all right. Yeah. Weather's crazy, huh? Instead, I want, I want you to come back and go like, Pastor, I took that word and I applied it and I prayed for my friend and I've got two more days until God heals him. Pastor, what do I do? Oh, man, I love that kind of conversations. And I'll be like, really? Two more days? Man, come on, let's pray. Let's pray right now. Yeah, let's, let's believe God for healing. Two more days, what do you tell him? Oh, that sounds good. That sounds legit. And, and even, if you, if, even if you tell me, yeah, yeah, uh, you know, I, I told him this and that, and I told him in two more days, God will give him a million pounds. I can also come to you, go, yeah, brother, I don't think that's going to work. Yeah, you know, what, what, what do you... So this is how, this, this is what church is about. It's not just a place of worship, it's a school of training. And we want to train each and every single one of us to grow in our confidence to be used by God, to grow in our giftings, I want to see our church become a, a house of healing, a house of miracle, a house of prophecy, a house of the supernatural. Uh, because the Bible says, this is not me, the Bible says, signs and wonders shall follow those who believe. And I believe, and I believe that as I believe, signs and wonders will follow. And already we're seeing a lot of signs and wonders. You know, this church is built on signs and wonders, just in case you don't know. You know, a few weeks ago, we celebrated our anniversary, but, and, and we used to meet in that small room the last part of this hall, you didn't even realize that this, this hall could be split into three rooms, but we, would, we used to be right back there. And when we were first led to go there, do you know that even that was marked by signs and wonders? 
You know, I scouted out and go like, I've got good vibes about this place. And then I told Pastor Cat about it. And, uh, and, 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 and then Pastor Cat saw the place and then she said this, wow, now that I see it, I know that God wants us to be here. I go like, why do you say that? Because a few days ago, I had a dream and I saw a hall and it was this exact same hall that I'm seeing right now. You see how God is moving? God, God, God is not sleeping. The Holy Spirit is not sleeping. We are the ones that are sleeping. There's power deposited in us. What are we doing it? Are we developing it? Are we working on our witnessing? Are, are we desiring to be disciples? Or are we just contented being consumers? You know, God is not interested to build a shopping mall. He's not looking for consumers. He's looking for disciples that will be filled with His authority and go out and make more disciples, go out and lay hands. This is what God wants to achieve in every church and especially in our church. And I desire that this be your desire as well. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Father, Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, this, this message is not just a pep talk, but I believe that there's another part to this message. And this is the part where we take and we live it out. God, I believe, Lord, that, Lord, that you want to create in us more testimonies of the Holy Spirit, more Holy Ghost stories. And when one testimony will lead to another testimony, it will lead to another testimony. In fact, your word says in the book of Revelations that it is by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony that they defeat the enemy. Friends, God wants to use us to push back the darkness, but not just by doing warfare with praise and worship or even with prayer, but by our testimony, our willingness to hear from God and to be obedient. In Acts Church, we have a saying, we say this, you know, every day be hungry for the Holy Spirit. And, and one of the ways you can even develop the Holy Spirit that's been deposited in you is to do these simple things, pray, listen and obey. Pray to God every day. God, let this day not be ordinary. God, let me impact someone today. Friends, do you pray that kind of prayer? Maybe you need to start developing that deposit. Start the day. Say, God, I pray you will use me today. God, I pray you will give me courage to pray for that colleague today when he comes uh, for chit-chat. God, give, give me, I pray that today you will send people that I can sit next to in class, that I can minister to today. God, I pray. And then after you pray, listen to the voice of God. Because how many know that God is alive and when you pray, He answers. And many times when we pray, God will actually ask us to move. And when He asks us to move, listen. Don't reschedule with God, listen. But don't just listen, but obey. 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 I like how Beatrice in her testimony shared, I didn't feel like it, I was having a rough time myself, but... What's the point if I just focus on my problems? I'd rather use my energy so that my friends can experience God. That's a desire to be obedient. Obedient means that God doesn't matter what I feel, I'm going to be obedient. Doesn't matter what my day is like, I'm going to be obedient. May we be obedient disciples that God can use that God can use us to channel His giftings, His healing, the supernatural works of His hands through us. May our hands be His hands. May our mouth be His mouth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. 
Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.actschurch.uk. God bless.